news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we adore you and we give you praise. We thank you for all of your blessings and we magnify your great name. We lift up the Eastern Kentucky University community in the loss of Coach Roy Kidd. We pray the blood of Jesus over bone cancer. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the King of Ages, Jesus Christ, amen. My friends, this week we celebrate the fourth anniversary of Great Ministries. I get blessed by doing the research and teaching as much as you get blessed by hearing the Word of God. Thank you for being faithful listeners. We continue our series on the symbols in the Bible and their meaning. The symbol forehead means mind. Let's look at Ezekiel 3rd chapter verses 8 and 9. It reads, Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces, and your forehead strong against their foreheads. Like a dominant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. My friends, Ezekiel is to speak to the captives in Babylon who are already heart-hardened and closed-minded due to their situation of being in captivity. They would be a tough crowd to minister to, but God would make Ezekiel tougher. Locusts are a symbol of destruction. Joel chapter 1 verse 4 proclaims, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust have eaten. What the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts have eaten. And what the crawling locusts have left, the consuming locusts have eaten. Folks, locusts destroying the crops was a prelude to the armies who would come to destroy Israel. God had promised protection for Israel if they were faithful. He also promised destruction in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 38 and verse 42, for rebellion. And it says, You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. And verse 42 says, Locust shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. Serpent is another name for Satan. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. John alludes to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, which says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field. My friends, Satan has been deceiving mankind since the beginning, but he knows the end is coming. For him, his angels, and those who follow him. John writes in Revelation chapter 20, verse 2, He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, 
and bound him for a thousand years. My brothers and sisters, temptation comes in disguise, and in the case of Genesis chapter 3, Satan is in the form of a snake. Adam and Eve were innocent until the crafty serpent took advantage of them. In the parable of the soils, Jesus calls thorns those that hear the word, but the cares of this world choke it. Listen to the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Now those are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. My comrades for Christ, the word goes forth every week on this podcast, yet three things compete with making the word productive in the lives of Christians. Number one, the distracting worries of this world. Jesus tells us not to worry, yet the advice is ignored by so many. Number two, the deceitfulness of wealth. When we trust our bank account more than we trust God, there's a problem. Number three, the desires for all sorts of other things. We are being bombarded every day by advertising designed to create a desire for more things. Jesus calls enemies who disguise themselves as prophets wolves. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it teaches, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Folks, a wolf must follow his nature and be a wolf presenting danger to the people of God, his sheep. Jesus was speaking directly to the religious leaders of his day because they believed that they were God's mouthpiece. Jesus warned his followers to be on the lookout for false prophets. They would advance their own agenda instead of promoting the kingdom of God. The warning still goes out that there are wolves among God's sheep. We are to discern them with the Spirit of God. Blood means life, as written in Genesis chapter 9, verse 4. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. God's instructions to the children of Israel in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, says that, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar, to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your soul. My friends, the pagan nations surrounding the Israelites believed that ingesting the blood gave that person increased life force. The blood of an animal meant his life had been sacrificed for the sinful human being. These instructions about the blood are repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 23 which says, Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for blood is the life. You may not eat the life with the meat. Folks, the draining of blood before eating the meat was one of the most important aspects of the food laws for the Israelites. The thief means unexpected. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus warns us to stay ready. Paul warns us, to stay ready, and Peter warns us to stay ready. 
Yet most people go about their daily lives with no expectation that today might be the day Jesus returns. The warning from Jesus is found in Luke chapter 12, verse 39 and 40. It proclaims, But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Paul's warning is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 2-4, through 4, and it reads, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when we say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they should not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Finally, Peter's warning is found in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. My friends, of all the great things Christians do, watching for the return of Jesus is the least of the things they do. White robes in the Bible means victory or righteousness. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 5, Jesus says, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Friends, the church at Sardis had a remnant of saints who remained faithful. They were the faithful living among the unfaithful dead in the church, victorious among the defeated. When you place your trust in Jesus Christ, you also will be victorious. Revelation chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 declares, Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. My comrades for Christ, the great tribulation is a time of suffering for Christians at the hands of those who oppose God. The victory is that they have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, which purifies everything. Folks, the precious blood of Jesus was the sacrifice once and for all. Instead of animals, God accepted Jesus as the sacrifice. Instead of an altar, Jesus was sacrificed on a cross. His blood paid for your sins and for my sins and the sins of the world. Some will accept his sacrifice. I pray that you will. Some will reject his sacrifice. I pray that you reconsider. Whatever your choice, Jesus has already made the choice to give up his life to save a sinner like me. And I thank him with my praise, with my prayers, and with my life of letting you know 
for four years now that Jesus is alive and well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for letting Jesus die in our place. Although our sins have made us death row candidates, the shed blood of Jesus paid off the invoice of death for all of us so that we can live with you in heaven for eternity. Help us keep watch for the return of your Son. In the name of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, amen. Will you give your life to Christ today? If so, send an email to hello at greatministries.org and I will give you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.